welcome to the Super Jump Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley-Wolf, and I'm here with our, our uh, well, we've, we've had you as a guest before, and it, it was great that time, so I thought we'd ask you back again uh, to Amazing. talk about E3 right before it happens. Daryl Baxter, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, man. Yeah, great to be here again. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, it's it's, it's lovely to have you anytime we can. Uh, we're, we're, we're absolutely in, enamored with you, Daryl, so uh, <laughs> we're, we're very happy to do it. Um so we have a lot to talk about today. Um, yeah. We have pretty. What we're going to do is we're going to break E3 down into all of its core components. Uh, talk about our predictions, our hopes uh, for for Sony. Uh, although they won't technically be there, uh, Bethesda, Ubisoft, Nintendo, all of them, all of them. We're just going to go through all of them. But before we do that, um, we will do our regular segment of the Playtime Report. So, the Playtime Report is, of course, the part of the show where we just talk about uh, what we've been playing lately. We're going to try to keep this one pretty quick today because uh, we got all this E3 excitement going on. <laughs> um, so, Daryl, I've been playing more Super Smash Brothers. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, I, I, I gave up on it a little bit. Um, I, that's a strong word. That That's just, <laughs> I, I stopped playing for no particular reason. Uh, for a couple weeks and then i I just jumped right back uh right back into it i i I think with e3 coming up it went and everyone Mm. expecting a new character uh Mm. to be announced and we'll talk about that as we get to it yes (laughs) it's just it's it's exciting again it's it's newly fun to to play smash and, and and get in the mindset of thinking like oh how can this change how can this change also they just dropped a new um a new update you can now play smash in vr mode which is wild <laughs> yeah it's crazy isn't it in this day and age smash in vr what an age we live yeah. in yeah <laughs> yeah I, I i can honestly say one of one of the least desired updates i could have <laughs> m- imagined for super smash brothers but uh it, we have it now it now exists <laughs> Yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? I was expecting like it to be in first person where you're playing as, like, say, a Mac or Ganondorf and you just kind of punch him with the Joy-Cons. But uh, it's just like an overview, isn't it? You, you kind of, you're almost like in the eyes of God, you're just watching over the players just beat each other up in VR mode. It's a very strange experience, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure what i'm really supposed to get out of it um <laughs> i i like the idea that they uh a, a lot of the triple a nintendo first party games from now on out are gonna have some sort of vr mode because now breath <laughs> of the wild uh mario odyssey and smash brothers all have them maybe maybe yeah. pokemon let's go will get something later i don't know um, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> it's a it's a funny thing to, to think about <laughs> Um, Daryl, have you been playing anything interesting lately? Uh, yeah, I've been playing a game called Crystal Crisis. Um, it's oh, okay. a game from the Nicholas um, game. Yeah, yeah, Nicholas. Who? Uh, it's it's almost like their own kind of Super Smash Brothers, but in puzzle form, which is a weird mix. And it's just a combination of like Robotics Mean Beam Machine and tetris with a bit of puzzle bubble all in one and you have oh and also puzzle fighter as well and you just kind of find yourself just getting very addicted to it there'll be times when i'm just like i'll maybe play it for maybe five minutes 
And after an hour, I'm thinking, oh, right, okay, I've played this for longer than I thought. <laughs> and I've just unlocked, like, so many characters, it's crazy. I mean, the one from, uh, like, Binding and Isaac and, like, random other ones, which, like, Shinobi and Golden Axe, like, um, you know, um, inspired choices. Really addictive, really great. And there's a story mode, survival mode, a tag team mode as well, which is just insane and yeah it's been really good and also one of the few games where it doesn't have dlc you actually unlock it as you play the game which is such a, a throwback to me you know which i remember like unlocking <laughs> all the characters in back in the day of tekken 3 and here it's just yeah different mode you unlock characters your own little you know skill sets and stats very addictive man i have to say and it's it's been really fun so far really fun wow that is so disappointing that the default for how you want to unlock a character is DLC. That's, <laughs> ooh. I know, I know, man. It's it's de- depressing in a sense, isn't it? We just got to bring it back. Got to bring it back. Yeah. And I don't <laughs> even have anything against DLC in in and of itself. That's like, that's not like my position on things. It's just wow. That's <laughs> interesting how how that goes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I I um. I saw some gameplay, and um, I, I, what I noticed, I, I think first off, and I think what most people are likely to notice from Crystal Crisis is, is just um, not only does it seem to be a, a, a Nicholas kind of, how is it pronounced Nicholas or Nicholas or? or um, I think it's Nicholas. I think it's Nicholas. Just like the the men's name, <laughs> Nicholas. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll okay. go with that. Um, <laughs> uh, it it has a lot of those characters uh that they they've published binding of isaac so they they get um some edmund mcmillan characters as well but in mm. addition to that they um they just have like astro boy and and some other really fun characters it it seems like they're uh it, it, if if we are comparing to smash brothers it, it they're almost taking a, a shortcut to super smash brothers brawl where they get the third party characters yeah um, <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, it, it, yeah, it seems crazy. like a like a fun roster. Um, this is the one that had a th- this had Shovel Knight as well, right? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely one I'm trying to unlock actually at the moment. And yeah, it's crazy. I've counted. You, so at the minute, you've got about ten characters you have when you start the game, and I've only unlocked about an extra five more, and I've got five more to go. I think Shovel Knight's included in them. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know what, you know, way there is a method of doing it, but um, it's definitely the aim in a minute. <laughs> so we'll see. See how Shovel Knight appears. So um, being that it's a, a, a falling block puzzle type uh, type game, what what does choosing one character over another actually change for you? What, what does so each character ca- do? Yeah, I mean, each character has their own um, special moves. So the more like um, like rows that you clear, it builds up this uh, power bar. And then just by pressing either like the right shoulder button, it kind of attacks the enemy's um, board, kind of like maybe adding more blocks or kind of like, um, like changing the colors on certain things. So it stops them getting like a clear row. Or you press the left shoulder button and it does like a defensive mode where like, for instance, you know, certain rows of your own board is protected or the um your enemy is kind of limited to doing like a special effect on you or anything like that and it's just really good like how like quick and varied and powerful all these different characters do i mean i was like i I unlocked the uh the boss um like a couple days ago and his special move is 
it, he thins out the, the board. So whereas you've got a board like that's full of just, I think it's like five, five items on a board and he kind of compresses it into two. And that's at the same time as you've got all these like items like dropping down from the top and tractors forming. You're thinking, oh no, how am I going to match these in like just two bits? And it's the pressure's on, the pressure's on. So it <laughs> definitely kind of changes the game every time, man. And it's really fun. Oh, that sounds really fun. I'll, I'll, yeah. uh, I'll have to give that a, a shot. Mm, um, yeah. Something else I've, I've been uh, playing is HQ Trivia, which um, I, I don't know right. if, if, if you guys have it in, in uh, other countries. Don't you hate Americans when they say that? I don't know if you have this. Um, electricity, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. <laughs> All the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think I've seen that one, actually, unless it's been renamed. I have no idea, man. No idea. So HQ Trivia is a... Um, it is. It's a, a a phone app, and you tune into a live stream of a game show, and you play okay. the game show in real time. That they'll ask you um, just trivia questions. Sometimes they're themed around certain um, like brand deals they can get, um, mm. which, which are important for for a reason. I'll, I'll clarify in just a second. Or or it'll be general, you know, general pub trivia that you might encounter on Jeopardy or something. Mm, and okay. uh, they they only air it at certain times a day, usually only once a day. So you need to be there uh, at well, for me it's six p.m. Mm. Around six p.m. You, you you turn on your phone, go to HQ Trivia, and you can play it. And if you survive enough questions, you will win real money. At like almost every day for a while now, for for the last few weeks, they've been offering up um, as as much as like fifteen thousand dollars. A day. Wow. And, wow. Uh, of course, if you actually win, if you actually get to the end of the gauntlet, you're probably sharing that with, like, a hundred other people. So, it, it goes down the amount of money you get considerably. Mm. But you you can win real money. And uh, just wow. w- without any investment on my end other than, than time and uh, playing trivia, which is something I enjoy doing, I, I've really liked it. Um, but I've been playing for a while, and I wanted to bring it up in, in this episode of the Super Jump Podcast for a specific reason, which is that they've now changed up the format. Before, Daryl, they used to do this thing where um, it was 12 questions, and it was usually around $5,000 in the pool. Okay. And if you got all 12 questions right, just like straight up and down, did you get them right or not, um, mm. you get a share of the pool. But now they've done this thing where it's it's like deal and or no deal, which I know is a British thing. So <laughs> it is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that Absolutely. that mu- that much I, I I know it has relevance. Uh, it, they do a deal or no deal, um, calling the banker kind of thing, where they say, okay, oh, right. so there's about thirty of you left in the game. Um, hmm. We're fifteen questions in. They do a lot more questions now too. We're about fifteen questions in, and We've just decided if you drop out now, we'll give you 50 cents, which is not very much money. But (laughs) um, if if you get the next few questions wrong, you'll definitely not get anything. Mm. Um, You're you're trying to get a a much larger share of the pool than what 50 cents would be. 
but um, you, you need to make that calculated risk. And I think that, that uh, gameplay edition is super cool because, well, one, I know why they're doing it. The more people mm-hmm. that drop out early taking smaller payouts, uh, the less likely they actually need to pay their big payout so they can advertise that they're trying to give away $35,000 while actually giving away only like three or $4,000. Uh, it, it's, of course, in their best interest to do that. Yeah. But um, additionally, the people that actually make it to the end of the game are going to be making much more money than they normally would have done individually. Right. Uh, so it just seems like a win-win for everyone. And it's, it's a really smart gameplay addition that's um, impacted this game's financial end, which I think is, is pretty unique. You don't see that kind of thing very often in most mm. video games. Hmm. Okay. No, that's an interesting one. I have, yeah, to be honest, I'm looking at it now and I have um, seen it like now and again. And uh, I've just, I don't know. I'm not, I mean, I'm not really great with quizzes, to be honest, but um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's definitely something that kind of really kind of appeals. And I think, of course, when money is involved as well, it kind of, you know, right, encourages yeah. you a bit more, doesn't it? So, yeah, I think that's pretty smart, actually. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, the only reason I would have asked um, if they have it in England is because I know some things get dicey when you, when you try to give out uh, money, you know, across borders and stuff. So I don't yeah. know if that, how that would work legally. Um, but but yeah, it's it's an interesting game, especially if you like trivia and you only like playing it exactly once a day. Um, it it's uh it's it's an option for you. I've been playing one more game, um, which I'll this one will be really quick with. Um, although it it is fascinating. I saw this game for nineteen cents on the Switchy Shop. Um, okay. it is called No Thing, and I. I would be willing to guess that no one's heard of it um, because <laughs> it's 19 cents on the Switch eShop and I don't think anywhere else I can't tell it might be on other it might be on phones uh, it, it might be I have, I have no idea I don't know how to even find out um, <laughs> it is it is a it is a wild game Daryl it's okay. uh, <laughs> so imagine. Okay. Um, the vaporwave aesthetic. Um, right. Okay. Very washed out pastel colors, um, like the cover of the album Macintosh Plus, and uh, you you just swipe left or or right. Uh, I say swipe because that that's kind of like how it feels, but you're you're playing on a on a controller, so it's the trigger buttons left trigger or right trigger. Just to turn, and you, it, you're automatically running ahead, and you need to to just stay on the track. If you if you turn too fast, you fall off the track. If you don't turn quick enough, you fall off the track. Um, and as it's going on, this AI is reading you some uh, some f- fancy AI beat poetry that I I I I can't really fathom. Okay. Um, <laughs> It's it it's it's a real trip. I I enjoy it. I'm I'm not gonna say I understand it. There's some uh there, there's some interesting, heady stuff going on there. But um. It it is at the very least one of the best games I've ever bought for nineteen cents, because <laughs> that is an extraordinarily low price for something that I think is is really interesting. The the Switch eShop 
has that in spades right now where a lot of the stuff you find for like one cent on there is um you know terrible but <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, you can you can find some some little diamonds in the rough you're not going to spend like yeah. a million hours with them they're probably not going to be your favorite game but uh it, it's a it's a fairly healthy ecosystem where i can just look at the shop and say no thing yeah i'll, I'll try that <laughs> well yeah <laughs> why not it, it looks fun yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for 19 cents and like the headline where it says the year is 1994 and it is the future. I mean, you know, it just yeah. sells itself, really. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but even like looking at the screenshots, I mean, it looks like it's something that would be ideal for the um, VR mode, you know, the way it's all set out. Um, yeah, yeah I, that'd be pretty I, good. I don't expect Nintendo to <laughs> be giving out uh, the APIs for for companies to to use vr or or to use labo at all uh with within their third party games especially but, for no thing uh, as well <laughs> yeah especially no thing the 19 cent eShop <laughs> title um but you're right it would it would be um maybe it is on on other devices i i don't know but yeah. that kind of thing I, I i just love seeing that when, when you can go on a, on a an online store and not immediately be sold just the the biggest triple a title of the week you know mm. uh, like i saw this because it was one of the most bought items on the store and it was one of the most bought <laughs> items on the store explicitly because it was 19 cents and it didn't look like <laughs> shit it looked yeah. fine and was 19 cents so it's it's like a best seller <laughs> <laughs> yeah and rightly so for 1994 yeah. rightly so <laughs> yeah i i don't think it is anymore but it it had a it had a moment and that's it great did, yeah. um yeah <laughs> daryl is there anything else you've been playing lately oh to be honest i mean i've been so we just kind of passed like the 20th anniversary of the phantom menace and i had like oh, an wow. itch yeah i had an itch to just play some of the episode one games so i went on my uh dreamcast in my little games room and started playing episode one racer in july power battles so much fun so much fun it just brought it all back and it's and it's not i don't think it's like i think it's aged really well funnily enough it's just streets of rage with lightsabers and jedi power battles it's crazy and it's so much now, when, fun. You, when you say it's aged well you're talking about the games and not the movie right yes yes oh, okay. absolutely <laughs> absolutely yeah because yeah. you can actually kill jar jar in jedi power battles which is a thing it means the game over but you still feel like you've won in a way so <laughs> <laughs> so it's all good so it's fun very fun game <laughs> oh that's funny yeah i i um you know growing up with the star wars prequels uh like like i did i like i assume you did um it it I don't think I could ever make an argument that they are good movies, but I I definitely feel that the world of the prequels, um, especially in video game adaptations and like extra canon book material and yeah. comic books and stuff like that, there there there's such a, a a rich like tapestry in that era of Star Wars that you can really pull on and and uh, make your own. And a lot of those video games did because they kind of. Especially if they were made as those movies were coming out, they were just doing whatever they wanted to do and calling it Star mm. Wars, and it was um, it it was a cool time. It was you could get a lot of uh, mixed results out of that, and some of them were very positive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think 
it was a bit of a golden age of Star Wars games. And I think even like around 1999, I mean, you had the episode one games, you had Rose Squadron on the N64, you know, Shadows of the Empire was, I think, just a couple of years old by that time. And I think, you know, in the years until I think after episode two came out you had like jedi starfighter on the ps2 and like the other two rose um, squadron games on the gamecube and i think ever since then we've not really had you know fantastic star wars games at least in my eyes maybe if you count force unleashed i don't know but i kind of like that era of star wars games it's just really fun to come back to really more so than the prequel movies like you say <laughs> well you talking about why there is no uh uh <laughs> current great star wars games just reminded me of one more company i needed to add to our show notes um uh star wars um yeah it, it was the golden age of star wars games in addition to being the golden age of just i, I think movie tie-in games in general um, mm, yeah yeah in, in that same time period we got uh golden i 007 for the n64 yeah. Uh, yeah. one, one of the all-time classics and and like next generation we've got spider-man 2 for the gamecube which is yeah. um a, a really influential game uh mm. for for what it is yeah 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 absolutely yeah it's uh definitely it was a good time for kind of movie tie-ins and especially like you say spider-man 2 i mean i don't think it has ever been really a a movie to game that's kind of been as successful as spider-man 2 really um but yeah, it's uh, it was a good time. I just kind of hope to see um, hopefully a few more adaptations, especially I think with the uh, Avengers that's coming from uh, Square soon. So uh, yeah, that should be an interesting one. Yeah, it, it seemed it seemed like at at the time it was the movie studio's cheapest way to hire more merchandise producers. Um, mm. But now now that we live in the era of phone games, there are cheaper options than console games. So. Uh, yeah. A, a lot of what you see to tie into Avengers are, are going to be like gotcha mechanic based um, phone games or, or, or things like that. Like there, there's we, we talk about uh, the, the lack of movie tie in games now. Um, like there was no end game game, you know, there mm. was no Detective Pikachu. Well, there actually was a Detective Pikachu game. That's a bad <laughs> example. Um, there, there's no John Wick game. And that seems like True. perfect for video games. Uh, yeah, he was in Fortnite, wasn't he? He was what? He was in Fortnite, I think, as a special character. I'm well, sure yeah, he was. It, Thanos <laughs> from Avengers also wasn't th- yeah. in Fortnite. So, like, that's the kind of thing we'll we'll we're actually getting nowadays. Instead of movie tie-ins, <laughs> we're getting like limited events in in living games oh, and uh, smaller scale mobile-based tie-ins. Uh, mm. And and the mobile tie-ins aren't always even games. They're often like mobile movie tie-in experiences of some of some sort um <laughs> which is cool and I'm, I'm sure kids today will say no my thing's not as not my thing's like not worse than your thing when you had as a kid fair enough current kid i just made up but <laughs> like i don't know there's something special about goldeneye and, and uh spider-man 2 and all that that i it doesn't it, it's not often recreated because now when there's a movie tie-in that is a console game they go like way hard into it, uh, c- c- like like this Avengers game that's going to come up soon, uh, mm. that we're probably going to see at E three. That's that's going to be a huge AAA game. Movie tie-ins yeah. are supposed to be kind of cheap, and this this will not be at all. 
Yeah, yeah. It's definitely going to be a massive one, I think. I mean, they've been hyping this one for like a year or so, and I'm kind of expecting them to, you know, almost have it tie into like the end game, um, like digital releases and Blu ray and, you know, everything there, you know, for when it's coming out. But uh, yeah, yeah sure. definitely um, a game that I've got some interest in. Um, I don't know how it'd be. I mean, I would just be happy with a Marvel vs. Capcom sequel or a remaster of the first two, but I'm happy to see like an Avengers game um, come anyway and just see what that's like. Yeah, I think uh, I I think it would be reasonable to expect them to try Marvel versus Capcom again to kind of bury Infinite a little bit. They really <laughs> they yeah. really didn't do well with Infinite. Mm, yeah, uh, I'd like and to I think see. They, I mean, they learned that they shouldn't uh, mess with the roster of the game just to promote the movies. I I, I think they they have learned that lesson. I hope they have. Yeah, me too. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, we'll see what this Avengers game turns out to be, but uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Oh, and and now I, I hadn't even thought about this, but but now that Disney bought Fox, um, all the X Men characters and all of the mutants and Deadpool and and everyone now they're all in one place again. So mm, there yeah. sh- really should be no reason they would be excluded from another Marvel versus Capcom game this uh, this time. Yeah, it definitely makes it easier now. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of hoping really for something like that to happen. You know, it'd be great. And even with the hand-drawn graphics of the first two games, I think would work really well now. I think it would just be a really kind of nice thing. And also, of course, you know, I'm the guy who wants to have everything on the Switch. So put the new Marvel's Cup <laughs> on the Switch and I'll be happy. <laughs> um, you know, I think it should be there. Uh, I, yeah. It was weird that Infinite wasn't. It was... It, <laughs> It's just, fighting games really should be on the Switch. I I, I think that it's like a, a great place for them to live, um, especially yeah. a game like Marvel vs. Capcom, where it's so uh, cartoony and all of the all of the characters are are, are so uh, child friendly. If not the Capcom specific Capcom ones aren't, but a lot of the superheroes <laughs> are, and and that that's a that's a Nintendo friendly audience. I I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we can talk about that more as we get into our newsy nibble. So we alluded to this earlier in the show. This week, our newsy nibble is just the fact that E3 is happening. Ah, it's happening. It's so soon. It's only a week away. Uh, for for you listeners, it'll only be a week away. Uh, I'm I'm gonna try to get this up as soon as as possible, probably the day after I record it. Because this is not an evergreen episode, we are going to be talking about predictions <laughs> and hopes for each company that could potentially be involved with uh, E3. Let's start with three companies that we know actually won't have E3 press conferences. The first of which is Sony. Now, Sony recently put out a Death Stranding trailer, uh, announcing the release date to be in November of this year. Which was pretty impressive. I I didn't expect to see that game so soon. Mm. Yeah. Um, and earlier than that, they had a state of play trailer, or uh, not not a trailer, as like a, a state of play is their their Nintendo Direct equivalent, where they showed off the fact that Final Fantasy VII remake is is actually a game now. It actually has uh, programming <laughs> in it that makes it a video game. <laughs> and they, they showed some gameplay, and they said that we'll be seeing more information at E3. 
Now, that game has been very associated with Sony from the get-go. In fact, it hasn't even been announced that it will be on other consoles. Um, so the fact that they're alluding that um, Final Fantasy fifteen or sorry, 7 Remake will be shown at E3 makes me wonder where it will be shown at E3. Um, in, in what capacity and how. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Sony is a bit. I mean, I wasn't really pleased with like their conference last year, which I think is why they're doing it differently this year. And of course, with the state of play that they've been doing, you know, um, you know, heavily influenced from from Nintendo, which I think is a good call to be honest. I think it's all moving towards this, and uh, I think definitely with Sony now, they don't really need to do like a big, you know conference this year because they already said you know like wired magazine a few months ago about what the playstation 5 or the next generation console they said as of what it was going to have like most of it and uh you know their powerpoint presentation they did a few weeks ago i think they did to investors about you know um apparently they discovered um um ssd storage which is great for sony so you know hopefully we're going to be yeah, seeing that in the next generation which is fantastic um so i think I mean, I reckon they're going to be showing like the tech demos of what could be coming next year because they did that last time with PlayStation 4. I remember like, you know, demos of Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy. And then the year after they announced the PlayStation 4. So I think it's going to be kind of the same here as like maybe mm. a, a trailer at the end of the of the State of Play E3 conference, perhaps. And maybe a bit of a mention of Final Fantasy 7. Uh, but I do well, think well, there might be... They, they've, they've announced and, and, and they've been fairly adamant about this so i don't expect them to pull a fast one that sony mm. has announced that there will be no state of play in or around e3 uh the the one the state of play that would have been you know their e3 one we just we, we already had it. it it's uh so they're they're kind of not i i don't expect them to do it i don't expect them to oh, do okay. anything oh, yeah Oh, interesting. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm of the opinion that they, they're probably going to put something out. Um, um, but, you know, if they're not, then, you know, fair play to them if they're not. I mean, um, that might be definitely a, a new move from them, an interesting one to have. Um, because I would be expecting, you know, Last of Us 2, more details from that, you know, and right, maybe a bit yeah. more Shemmy 3 details as well. Uh, and maybe just a, maybe an updated um, PSVR model as well you know um, that'd be good to have so yeah who knows who knows Mitchell I don't I don't even know who knows <laughs> <laughs> yeah um well well the, the the general feeling with the death stranding trailer they just put out that wasn't part of any state of play was no. that it it felt a lot like an E3 presentation it was an 8 minute long trailer which uh mm. you know those are expensive as hell to mm. not be part of E3 or anything yeah, and yeah. it it announced the release date and everything. That's a, that's a big announcement. Uh, there there is speculation that soon they might do something similar with Last of Us Two. Um, and if when Last of Us Two happens, maybe that'll be during E three, but it'll like just be the trailer by itself. So I yeah. maybe they could get their foot in the door that way. Yeah, yeah, um, that's possible. Yeah, that's yeah. a good shout, really. Yeah, that could happen. Just to kind of like almost steer the uh, attention away from Microsoft. Do like a big Last of Us two trailer for eight minutes. Yeah, I could see that actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, can you imagine if they do it right before the Microsoft conference? I, I could. <laughs> that would be. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> that would be so petty, but I could also totally see it happen. 
happening yeah. for PlayStation. Yeah, um, eight minute trailer, but the last two minutes is just when the Microsoft one's starting. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and th- there's a lot of uh, there. There are a lot of other titles that that Sony uh, re- relies on that aren't first party, like like as we said, Final Fantasy. But uh, Square will be having something of a presentation this year, uh, as as well. Square Enix will do a Square Enix live stream uh that that is billing itself to be comparable to a bethesda or a ubisoft presentation although i don't think that there is any like live portion of this stream there's no people seeing it in person it's all Mm. a video um to my understanding and the 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 thing with square enix is that last year their presentation almost didn't need to happen (laughs) uh they put almost zero new information about any of their games in in last year's uh showcase they they showed shadow of the tomb raider again after they had already uh blown it out at a at a bunch of different conferences already they showed um just cause 4 i think after they had already shown it they showed octopath traveler after nintendo had already shown it um they they really just got redundant but if if, uh if final fantasy 7 remake is is anywhere it's going to be at the square enix conference and uh i maybe maybe they will do more actual news (laughs) this year (laughs) it will be nice (laughs) actual actual announcements in in their conference because i gotta watch that too square enix i have to watch it yeah make, yeah, make it interesting <laughs> <laughs> yeah just some news would be great it'd be welcome please <laughs> any kind of news <laughs> that'd be good yeah i'm not sure really what else they could announce i mean maybe like the the uh release date for final fantasy 7 because i don't think it's mm. still well known that final fantasy 7 this remake is going to be an episode it's not going to be a full game so this could be maybe the release date of episode one that could be coming for final fantasy seven um which could be shown more of an announced for the release date of uh i mean i'm not really expecting a new tomb raider game to be announced i think they're just letting it rest for now um because i don't think it was really well received shadow of the tomb raider and it was a bit strange i thought um i think the next thing they could do really on that side would maybe to announce possibly a remake of the first three classic games um mm. you know similar to how like the original Final Fantasy VII was re-released onto PS4 and PC. Maybe do that as a package and bring out to the Switch again. You know, that'd be good. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm not really sure. I mean, it could really be um, some announcements of ports, to be honest. I mean, I know Octopath Traveler is coming to the PC, isn't it? So that'd be good. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm just trying to go through all of their properties in my head. Um I, I'm I'm not expecting a big Tomb Raider announcement this year, if only yeah. because the Tomb Raider team is the team that's working on Avengers. Mm. Um, yeah. So uh, I, that does mean, though, that we, we will see Avengers. And, and I, I bet uh, between Final Fantasy VII Remake and Avengers, Square Enix will have a good E3. Now, whether or not that'll actually be in their, their presentation... Or if that'll just be spread out throughout the week in announcements, uh, that remains to be seen. But they they have enough content that if they wanted to have a really good E3, they could. I don't know if they want to. 
it, it, it could it could go either way. Um, yeah. Another thing, let's see. Okay, so Dragon Quest Eleven S, the Switch version, which is supposed to be the definitive version of Dragon Quest Eleven, uh, oh, is coming yes. out very soon, uh, August, I believe. Yes. Now, I yeah. I kind of expect Nintendo to be the ones to talk about that rather than Square Enix because in North America, where E three is held. Of course, uh, Nintendo is publishing that game. Mm, yeah, so, yeah, they are. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they said a 2019 release date, so yeah, I can. But you know, to be honest, I can see that more being shown at the Nintendo Direct, really, because it's already been announced. I mean, maybe they could maybe show some gameplay in the Square Enix, and maybe maybe at the Nintendo Direct because they're publishing it. They'll actually say the release date for it, perhaps. Yeah, I, I don't expect it to take very much time in uh, either mm. conference that it is part of, but um, yeah, yeah. Th- th- there's um, apparently there's some new story uh, missions or or um, options that you can do in in this version of the game that weren't in the original version of the game. Uh, mm. So maybe showing off those is something they could do. I don't know. Um, speaking yeah. of things that Sony would normally be showing off that now they just can't. Call of Duty is one of the biggest games of the year every single year. And <laughs> now it it is it's effectively homeless. It doesn't have a Sony press conference to show itself off at. Um what do you think's going to happen with that? Where do you think they're going to go? Um so so for Call of Duty, so I mean I'm I mean that was just a big reveal last week. So they've got kind of like the main thing out the way. Uh, yeah. I mean I I can see um, a lot of it being demoed at maybe an Activision booth, perhaps. Uh, I mean, I've I've heard that there's some exclusive stuff being brought to the PS4 version of Modern Warfare this time, which is an interesting one. So, oh, yeah. Interesting. You know, that's, yeah, so, I mean, again, that's why I'm thinking where, where there's going to be a state of play video to maybe show this off, really. Because um, I can't really see this being shown at the Microsoft one, to be honest. I mean, they've got quite a bit to show off anyway. So I think it's going to, yeah, I think it's going to be like a, a bit of a trailer again of more details, maybe show it at the Activision booth, we'll read up about it, and then boom, we'll see the release date, and then the beta will be probably announced soon after as well. Yeah, I can see that. So Sony has an exclusivity deal with E3 announcements with the Call of Duty brand. Mm. Um, and they, they have, it, 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 it's formal, it's not like uh, Call of Duty could just go to Xbox in a regular E3 year and, and just ask, hey, can we be part of yours this time? Like, it, it, it's uh, it's an established exclusivity deal with Sony. That mm. said, um, I, I would have to imagine that if I were Activision's lawyers, I would have the foresight to see, okay, but what if you don't have one? Can we go to Microsoft then? Uh, mm. And, and I, that might be written into their contract. I have no idea. So I, I could see... I could potentially see Call of Duty at Microsoft's uh, press conference. It, it depends strongly on whether or not Microsoft wants to pay for it. If they don't want to pay for it, it could just kind of be wherever. But, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a difficult it, one. It's, a, it's difficult because, I mean, yeah. they're... They're, they're getting rid of the, se- of the season pass this time, which is great, I think. And they're also supporting cross-play as well. So you can play the game, you know, against PC and Xbox players here as well. 
So, I mean, that could probably play into it if they did show it at Microsoft, you know, showing, you know, a, a, a Microsoft Xbox player on against uh, someone on a PS4, perhaps. That would be a good thing, really. Um, and especially with Microsoft and Sony announcing their, their strategy with the cloud and that, you know, their agreement a few weeks ago. So that could probably play into that, actually. Yeah, that, that would be a great um, boon for Microsoft, even if the game itself is firmly established with within the sony brand language it, 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 it the, the game's not exclusive to sony but there, there's something about it that feels kind of like you should probably be playing on a ps4 i, I mean that <laughs> that new uh that announcement of or or was it an announcement or or a rumor of a ps4 exclusive dlc content for for the game it's it got announced that it was timed exclusive content, but they haven't really okay. gone into detail as to what yet. So, yeah, right. I'll be curious to see how that works out. But, yeah, like I say, I think I'm going to see more possibly of a cross-playing at the Microsoft conference of Call of Duty. Because what an example to, to use, really, at the conference of cross-playing with the latest Call of Duty. I think that'd be a great sell. So, like Sony, um, EA has kind of tapped out of the <laughs> main presentation circuit of uh, of this e3 they will still be doing stuff they'll still be doing um what i think is called ea play where their mm. own games are playable um at a location not exactly in e3 uh not in the show floor itself but a little down the street and on on the same on the same street in the same same place same time um mm. But their presentation is going to be more just like they've come out and they've clarified. We're just demoing our our upcoming games. Um, we're we're not doing a big announcement presentation and everything. Um, yeah. So their big upcoming games are Jedi Fallen Order, mm-hmm. and. I can't think of anything else at all. Uh, they, they of course <laughs> are going to have their their FIFA, FIFA and Madden and uh, yep. and all that. <laughs> yep. Um, Apex Legends. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 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 currently announced or a currently available game, but that that will need content update within the same vein. Um, Anthem. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that could work. Uh... Is Dragon Age a thing of theirs as well with Bioware? Ooh, yeah. yeah. So, according to Jason Schreier, a video game journalist superhero, <laughs> they announced Dragon Quest Four or not Dragon Quest, Dragon Age Four um, at the Game Awards last year, mm. without most of the team who is working on that game knowing that it existed. <laughs> um, so. That's early. So that's like that's real early. Um, if if they have it this year, I I feel bad for how much they must have rushed to to get it out. Um, Absolutely. But I yeah. I expect and kind of hope they don't. Um, especially if the, if they don't have a press conference this year, maybe the reason for that is just um, they know they're in a bit of a lull right now, and and Jedi Fallen Order is the only non annual sports thing they have that's really happening mm. um 
Which I, yeah. I expect is also the reason Sony dropped out. That Sony's had a lot of PR saying like, you know, we just don't like E3 as, as a place. We, we, we've uh, learned that our money could be better spent elsewhere and that the the general construction and vibe of this convention isn't productive toward marketing games. And I understand that and I, I yeah, think they, I agree with yeah. it part yeah. partially as well. But I also think they just don't have... They're just not quite ready. Because um, no. no. uh, Death, Death Stranding had that eight-minute trailer, and if Last of Us 2 has another eight-minute trailer with a release date, that's great too, but mm. that's like two games, and that, that would be what they had. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for exclusiveness, um, that's pretty much it. And yeah, like I say, I mean, the only other ones to talk about would, would be you know Shenmue 3, Final Fantasy 7, a little bit of it, and i mean um um maybe more beat saber levels in psvr <laughs> i just threw that out there randomly okay. but maybe that <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe um, <laughs> so random. i am just making sure okay yeah 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 shenmue 3 is going to be a sony exclusive so that probably won't have a home either. I hadn't considered that, but that's uh, that's that's coming out in August, or it's supposed to be coming out in August. It it, it might have a mm, mm, supposed to be. It might have been I'm, delayed. Mm, mm, I'm not. I haven't got much hope in this. I have to say, not to sound too negative, but you know, a, a, a game of this size in this anticipation, and it's been delayed. I think three times. I I'm not sure really. I'm I'm hopeful. And I love Shenmue, but I'm not sure. We're two months away, and we haven't really seen any proper in-game footage, to be honest. Whether that's going to be demoed again at E3 with a forklift, I don't know. But we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Um, but EA, back back to EA. Um, yes. Outside of Jedi Fallen Order, I don't expect to see that much from them. And I, for their sake, hope that that game is great. Um, mm, same. They... The, the developers of that game have, have come out and they've tried to really um, re- really secure the message on what, what, what they're marketing that game with. They, they've come out and said, this game is only single player and this game will not have microtransactions, period. Um, yeah. Which is not something you need to do if you're any other con- company, but if you're EA, I think that it is important to say things as <laughs> clear and decisively as that. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> That, that that could be a, a, a real big deal and uh if it plays well and and it looks as good as the trailer Im- implied that it'll look uh graphically then yeah it, it, it could be it could be a like one of the things in the show that that we end up talking about um after the show as as a highlight but until then that's that remains to be seen somewhat um mm. Mm. Let's move on to some of the bigger boys now. Uh, Bethesda. Yes. I I really didn't like their conference last year. They had (laughs) Andrew WK, which was fun, but like that that kind of thing, I I don't get much out of it. And at the end of their conference last year, they said, now these guys aren't going to be ready for a long time, and we never do this. Bethesda actually has a track record of 
announcing games very quickly before uh they they launched. There's not much time that you're yeah. excited for a game. Absolutely. Um, but last year they broke that streak and they announced Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6 as two of their next major tentpole releases. Mm. Now, both of those games are supposed to be somewhat traditional um, Bethesda RPGs with Starfield taking place in space rather than um, Earth in a fantasy world or in a post-apocalyptic world or whatever. That said... Bethesda RPGs all run on the same engine, or they have recently, and mm. Fallout 76 really, really shat the bed on the public perception of that engine. Yeah. So I'm I'm wondering if Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6 were just going to be built on the same thing that they've always been built on, um, but they've been forced to change because of the reaction to 76 and because of that there's no way we're gonna see it either of those games again this year yeah i agree yeah i mean i i remember actually when um there was Bethesda had a, a stream at pax um a few months ago and i think the um todd howard his name he, he said that they're not going to be showing elder scrolls or starfield at e3 at all so that just makes oh me they feel said like... it. they said that directly yeah yeah so oh, wow. um, okay yeah, so it looks like it's just going to be maybe a maybe a couple of announcements, maybe with seventy six again. Whether it's maybe going to be a an expansion or a or maybe just a do over, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I can see those two games just not being shown until next year. Really, I think they are more like the next generation console games. Maybe even they're they're aimed to be launch title games. Really, um, I can see that happening, like the fall of twenty twenty with both next generation consoles. And have Elder Scrolls as a launch game. That's a pretty big sell, I would say, for something to launch on day one. Um, but yeah, I mean, we got three, three, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I mean, I have to say, one of these um, companies um, that I was preparing for, there's not really a lot to kind of go off. To be honest, I think we're just kind of uh, missing this one out, really, and just kind of preparing for what's coming next year. Um, I, I can really only say it's either going to be maybe Fallout seventy six. And maybe more improvements to the uh, mini game at Fallout Shelter, which is on everything at the moment. It seems um, that's really kind of what my money's on for them. Sure, um, on, on their ancillary studios, um, their their studios not directly tied in with their major IPs. You have, mm. um, you have Doom Eternal, and I, I think yeah, their yeah. the show will really focus on Doom Eternal. Yeah, and uh, so, something else that that could potentially be a big deal this time is Young Blood the wolfenstein uh the the new colossus standalone dlc youngblood oh uh, yes yeah i totally forgot about that one yeah yeah that was briefly teased last year and i think we thought it was soon because um a bethesda puts out things soon and and b it's dlc uh, or at least if it's a standalone game it's still you know housed within the engine of the previous game but it is it's, yeah. it's been pretty yeah. radio silent for a year now yeah, they have a release date of July 26th for this game. So, yeah, I feel like it's it's definitely going to be shown then at, at this. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be surprised if it isn't shown, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so between those two games, 
I really don't think there's anything else. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess the question is, how much are they really going to dwell on Fallout 76? Because they will get literal audio, like, uh, the, the, it'll pick up in the microphones actual booze from the audience if they talk mm. about 76 for more than, like, a second. Similar to, um, I think, was it Blizzard with Diablo last year? Um, you know, when they got yeah. when they unveiled the mobile game. Yeah, it's a risky one, man. It's a risky one. Um, but I think the best thing is just to be upfront about it and go, look, we just pretty much misjudged like the launch and, uh, you know, this is what we're going to do um, for for year two. I think that'd be kind of a good way to do it, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I think they're just getting ready for next year. If I was Todd Howard, I would be so nervous about having to present <laughs> Fallout 76 in front of an audience. Oh, because yeah, they, that's a brave they put so much marketing money into 76 last year. They blew mm. it out. And it yeah. just it was it just wasn't anything. It just wasn't anything for them at all. Mm. Um Yeah. Such a shame. Yeah. It, the the only thing they could announce for that that I think would actually like change people's minds about that game is to say okay so that was a prototype in a completely different <laughs> an open <form> of technology <laughs> uh now we're launching fallout 76 this year is the real one <laughs> and if you put any edition. money into the previous one it'll be put over to this one so if you bought it you, you don't need to pay for it again that would be the only way i, I could imagine a fallout 76 <laughs> announcement being taken positively at this event <laughs> yeah see anyway i'm gonna bring it to switch as well for no reason at all so enjoy bring it to switch yeah just bring it just do it <laughs> yeah just, just just get it on <laughs> just get it on i mean fallout 3 and 4 are still not on switch but you just oh. just skip skip right to 76 why not <laughs> why not yeah um, just do it yeah <laughs> let's see ubisoft um oh, ubisoft yes. has some of uh conversely some of my favorite presentations uh, yeah, if, if not yeah. necessarily for content, always just for the way it's presented. I, I love watching a Ubisoft press conference. Yeah, same. Really great. Really great film. So, The Crew 2 and Assassin's Creed are both not going to be at E3 this year. Mm, and yeah. in previous years, those were significant chunks of the schedule. Yep. So... That raises the question: What are they? What are they filling it with? What What's going on now? We've got I, some I, leaks. I, I, can, I, I can say I, I really just I really want this game, and I, I just I need to say it now, Mitchell. I need to say okay. it now. Oh yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Splinter Cell. I need Splinter Cell back. Okay. <laughs> They've got to bring it back. It's It's time. I think the stealth genre is missing that that Sam Fisher esque game again. Not Hitman. But they need to bring that Splinter Cell with the goggles and everything. And again, bring it on Switch. Get the other games on Switch. Get a new one out and just put it in 4K and I'll be happy. That's what I want them to do. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I, I think it's likely. I think there, there's been so much smoke around Splinter Cell right now. Um, yeah. That if there's no fire at all, I would be compl I would be pretty surprised. Mm, yeah. And it's been hinted as well. You know, it was hinted in... a. Oh, what was the game? It was hinted last year in a random cutscene, and uh, yeah, was it, it had um, his goggles. Not Ghost Recon, was it? Yeah, that's uh, it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, that was it. Yeah, and yeah, 
so I think it's definitely time for it to come back. So um, yeah, it'd be really great to see that announced. You know, I I, I think you might get it. I think that <laughs> that might happen for you. Um, oh, that'd be a good E three. <laughs> outside of that, there's um, what what's been really big for the last two Ubisoft press conferences, but hasn't really amounted to much, unfortunately are trailers for Beyond Good and Evil 2. Mm, yeah. um, those have been some of my favorite trailers for a game that I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, just incredibly well shot, well paced, well animated trailers for those games. But at the same time, mm. the, the game's just not coming out. Like, it's just not... I don't feel momentum behind that game's yeah. development at all. And they could totally surprise me. If you were to ask me, like, what could Ubisoft do to really surprise and impress and leave a lasting impression to set, out, uh, to set itself up apart from the crowd, having actual progress with Beyond Good and Evil 2 would, would be it for me. That would be amazing. Mm, yeah. Um, for me, that is my most anticipated game from Ubisoft. I think that game really could be just amazing. Uh, the world of the first Beyond Good and Evil is, is uh, pretty special, and this the sequel doesn't seem to be anything like the first game other than just taking part in the same universe. But still, uh, there, there's so many interesting gameplay ideas and, and uh, community ideas, just how other how players react in, to each other in the game, I, I think is really novel and, and interesting, and lends itself to the style of, of storytelling that they're marketing with these trailers really well. Yeah. So I, I'd love to see that. I have a sneaking suspicion it'll be radio silence on Beyond Good and Evil 2 this year um, <laughs> because maybe they just talked about it too early and now they, they don't have anything to make up for it. Mm. Um, yeah, possibly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a great trailer last year. I mean, it was amazing. And But I think you're right. I think this year, again, they're going to just take some time out from it now and just kind of wait. I mean, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if like a new Far Cry game gets announced this year, you know, just to kind of, you know. Oh, yeah. Help it. You know, that would be good to have. So there was all, there was a Far Cry game that came out in, in uh, January or February this year that I... Um, yeah. Uh, the name, new, is it New Dawn? New Dawn, yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, Far Cry Five was, I, I think, the best-selling game of last year, and conversely, New Dawn really did not make an impact uh, <laughs> that I can remember at all. <laughs> um, yeah, same. <laughs> I don't even know enough about it to say whether it was liked or not. I don't remember if people liked it. Um, um no the, the metacritic was like 75 so it was it was oh. all right yeah yeah it was all right for a, for an established franchise that's pretty low mm, yeah <laughs> so maybe they're taking that arrest as well perhaps <laughs> yeah yeah uh well so i mean well yeah especially uh, with yeah. it just coming out so recently i i uh i wonder if it's just not time for that but yeah what what would it be time for um, I think they, just they could dance. potentially be doing another uh, <laughs> collaboration with Nintendo. Yeah, another Raven Rabbids, maybe. Yeah, 
Yeah, they they did a uh, Mario and Rabbids in in 2017, and then in 2018 mm-hmm. they uh, did the Star Fox appearances in Starlink. Yeah, uh, they they could they could potentially have another thing uh, collaborating with a Nintendo IP. Oh, and yeah. something I'd love to see that has no backing whatsoever, and this <laughs> is just completely out of the blue, and probably almost definitely won't happen, is another Rayman game. I love Rayman. I'd love to see Rayman again. Yeah, that'd be great to have. Yeah, I love Rayman too. That was a great game. Yeah, that'd be fantastic to have. Or even just another Rayman Legends. That'd be or a mix of both. Why not? Yeah, I, I totally get that. That would that'd be really great to see. Yeah, I I was kind of hoping that uh, the success of Super Mario Odyssey and the resurgence in 3D platformers that we had in 2017 with things like A Hat in Time and Ukulele and uh, for better or for worse, Sonic Forces. <laughs> I, I I kind of thought that more companies would be taking the bait with with that to like seeing that there is obviously an audience there that's been pretty underserved for a while, uh, mm. and, and and making some more three D platformers. It didn't quite happen, and like it it didn't seem to to catch on in in the way that I hoped it would. But you know, Rayman is a perfect candidate for it, and we can't think of very many other Ubisoft things they could show. So maybe maybe <laughs> it's possible. Maybe. I mean, I, I want to come back to Rayman for another certain conference, but uh, I mean, to be honest, I mean, I think oh, Just okay. Dance is a, is a cert. Just Dance is certainly um, going to be shown in some way. 2020 Just Dance. Of uh, course, but, yeah. Every year that's that's the yeah. opening of the show. <laughs> I'd be amazed if that isn't announced, to be fair, with Just Dance. But you know what? I mean, apart from Splinter Cell, I mean, I would love to see another Prince of Persia game again, like a Sands of Time reboot. That'd be amazing to see again. Yeah, um, I I kind of feel like Assassin's Creed has eaten that franchise. I I yeah. don't know how you would do it, but it would mm. be it would be great to see. I know people are are uh, excited for that potentiality. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. So Daryl, I apologize for being slow because it's already been an hour in into That's the right. show. Um, but we have our two final and and definitely the two biggest um conversation points left to go so let's jump right into microsoft let's do it yeah um so with sony not being here and and things like call of duty and uh uh, other sony established things that they would usually show Hmm. being more or less up for grabs microsoft could have one of the craziest press conferences of all time absolutely Um, there is a lot of expectation on Microsoft right now. They, I, I really hope they, they uh, take full advantage of it because they, they have a really special window of time where everything just seems to be going very well for them. Mm. Um, yeah, definitely been doing well so far. Phil Spencer, the head of Xbox, uh, tweeted that there will be 14 new Microsoft first-party games. Uh, announced or at the very least focused on in the Microsoft press conference. That's huge. That's more than they've had in a very long time. Mm, yeah. Uh, deficit for Microsoft has always been that their first party output has been relatively poor compared to Sony and Nintendo's. Um, Sony, Sony, of course, having you know God of War and and just all all kinds of new exclusive IPs like Death Stranding, The Last of Us. 
uh, and Nintendo having their huge catalog. Microsoft has only ever had Halo, Gears, Forza. That the 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 big three that are dependable. Sometimes Fable, but they canned that whole studio, so that's been uh, on alert for a while. But last year they announced that they're buying up and or creating seven new first-party Microsoft Studios or Xbox Game Studios, uh, including yeah. Ninja Theory, including Obsidian, yep. uh, the, a, a brand new one that they're creating from the ground up, in, I think in Santa Monica, California. Mm. Uh, the 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 company that makes playground which is uh or sorry the company that makes forza which is which is called playground they they bought them officially so yeah. now they have so many more studios uh that i i i wonder what kind of ips they're making i i i have to assume they're doing new stuff because they want to build up that catalog of, of microsoft brands but maybe they're going to reach into the old history bag and, and, and pull out an, an exciting thing um, for, for old timers. I'm trying to think of what that might be, uh, and nothing's really coming up, but I think something like the... the they're, they're definitely bringing a Battletoads game because they announced that last year. Um, yeah, that, yeah. That kind of pulling on, on like latent IP they have just uh in in that case it was through rare but it, it could be through everything i i expect i expect maybe a new fable game uh to be shown here okay. um okay. perfect dark has a possibility of showing up in some capacity true yeah yeah um i i i would like to see microsoft fire on all cylinders in regards to first party i'd like to see what that looks like because i don't know if i've ever really seen that yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, this one, because, I mean, a lot of the conference last year was them announcing that they just bought up studios. So I think 12 months on, I mean, at the very least, we're going to probably see a lot of trailers from these said bought um, companies that they've done just to see what they're working on with a game title and a release date of 2020 for Xbox Scarlet, perhaps, you know, I can see that happening. Um, but I think you're right with, say, some of the Rare franchises because, you know, there were announcements of, you know, Battletoads that was coming and we're probably going to see some in-game action there. Uh, you know, more Sea of Thieves things there. Maybe even Banjo-Kazooie, uh, which is another thing I want to get back to alongside Rayman for a, a certain other conference soon. Um, but yeah, I mean, Fable 4 is something that's been rumoured for so long. I feel like that could be coming. Um, I mean, you know, because, you know, I think Fable Legends was cancelled a few years ago when people have kind of been clamouring for that franchise to come back in a sense. Uh, and people were kind of gutted that, you know, I think Scalebound and Phantom Dust, they were games highly anticipated, but they were unfortunately cancelled. So I think there was a lot of expectation this year for Microsoft to just announce a lot of first party titles. And I think it's a good opportunity, especially when Sony have pretty much got, and we've counted this, um, three. <laughs> they are really just, you know, um, ready <laughs> yeah. to be announced. So they have an opportunity either here to pretty much um, announce definitely more than three games, I think, at Microsoft's conference. At, at least uh, three, possibly yeah. even four. <laughs> possibly four. I don't want to go five. I'm not, I'm not crazy, but we'll see. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's a lot. And of course, you know, Halo Infinite, I think that's going to be a game that we're going to be seeing a lot of as well. Uh, right, yeah. And, that'll be a huge focus. 
Yeah, yeah, that would be a big thing to see, especially with like the um, the oncoming port of the Master Chief Collection coming to Steam as well. So I think we'll be seeing a lot of that. Maybe some cross-play demo, I don't know, possibly some of yeah, that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, uh, and of course, you know, Age of Empires, I mean, that's been announced as uh, being remastered for Steam soon. And apparently there might be more details for Age of Empires 4. Um, and maybe the 1, 2, and 3 could be coming to Xbox One in a collected edition. Who knows? But I think there's a lot there. Um, but also, I have to mention as well, I mean, I think I mentioned it when I was last on actually, about Cuphead. I feel like there's going to be a bit of a crossover here with Nintendo. I cannot but feel like there's going to be something announced from Microsoft that's going to be announced at the Microsoft conference but for the Switch instead, I think that's going to happen. My Instead I, or just also? Also. I think, okay, okay. I think they're going to hopefully uh, announce a Rare Replay Deluxe Edition coming to the Switch. And I think if they announce that and maybe bring maybe Shigeru Miyamoto onto the stage, I think brains would explode. So <laughs> I think that'd be good. <laughs> oh, man. What a, what, a, what, a, what a fever dream. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, well, that's my predictions. <laughs> I do expect to see a new. I'm, I'm I'm predicting a new thing from Rare. Uh, I don't I don't know what it would be. Yeah, I've known I've learned to not predict Banjo. Um, it, <laughs> I don't I don't think it's Banjo. I I think at this point w- with their success in Sea of Thieves, I I think that they are likely to have another new ip possibly um mm, yeah I, I don't know what that, that would be and i i kind of hope it i hope it's a new single player uh outing because i i know um a, a lot of classic rare fans you know that's the kind of game they still prefer even 20 mm. years after the um things like banjo kazooie and conquer yeah just a, a a standard single player thing and, and that's why a lot of them a lot of Sea of Thieves fans are, are you know, completely new fans and not latent rare fans that have been excited about the next thing. Although there are um, quite a few of those as well. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot there to digest, isn't there? I mean, I, I could see Conquer, you know, coming back in some form, but maybe not on a full-blown game. Uh, I think definitely a lot of it will be more Battletoads talk. And I think you said a good point about Perfect Dark. I mean, that's a really great opportunity to bring Joanna Dark back. Yeah, yeah, I was, um, there's a rumor that Playground is making Perfect Dark, uh, which Mm. can, perfectly contradicts with the rumor that Playground is making Fable, um, Playground's probably not making either of those, who knows, (laughs) but, (laughs) but, uh, that's the, that's the kind of discussions that are happening. I'm actually thinking Ninja Theory could be more along the lines of the people who are making uh fable but we'll we'll have to see on that one Mm. yeah Uh, the as for conquer the only okay so there's a thing with conquer where every conquer project that that's happened has been a collaboration with chris siever who used to be part of rare isn't anymore Mm. and at this point he's he's regularly grumpy on on twitter and i i love it i love reading his grumpy tweets I don't think he's. I don't think he's collaborating with Microsoft anytime soon, on a on a on another conquer thing. Yeah, um, sure. 
But I mean, I I suppose they could move forward without him. That he doesn't own any of it. He he does voice conquer though, so it'd yeah, be a true. different voice and everything. Yeah, um, yeah. They they could they could do it. Yeah, I rare replay on Switch. Who? <laughs> well, the okay. So the immediate issue that I could see there would be that uh, rare replay is a collection of emulated games and. Yep. Those emulations are built specifically for the Xbox One hardware, even in an ecosystem where Microsoft likes to uh, port everything that's for Xbox One also to PC. Mm. Rare Replay still can't be ported to even PC uh, Mm -hmm. because uh, about a third of the games in Rare Replay are just Xbox 360 games. Okay. And even Banjo-Kazooie and Tooie and Nuts and Bolts, all three Banjo games in the collection, are the Xbox 360 versions of those games running internally in the system on backwards compatibility with the Mm -hmm. Xbox 360. Uh, So that would be really tough to make work on Switch. You'd have to rewrite every one of those emulators to work on Switch. Um, What I could see is is a a cut-down port... Or a, a collection of ports of, of like a few of them, and if there's a if there's one game that you should definitely take from Rare Replay and put on Switch, it's it is Banjo Kazooie. Uh, so I, I <laughs> yeah. would I would hope to see that. I and that is like maybe the maximum of what I could expect from Banjo Kazooie at Microsoft's press conference. But you know, I'd I'd love to see it. That'd be great. Um, get get them on a Nintendo system again. Yeah, I mean X Cloud. You know that that architecture i mean you know they could just host rare replay deluxe edition on the x cloud you download oh, the okay. app from the switch and it could work that way you know no harm in that i love that you're saying deluxe edition like it's a thing that's <laughs> <laughs> this is how much i've got faith in this <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're so resolute i love it it's perfect uh... <laughs> Uh, the only other thing to talk about for Microsoft that I can think of is Scarlet. Um, you yeah. know, Project Scarlet, their their new hardware, the the fourth major iteration in the Xbox family of consoles. I yeah. will at least get a tease. It's it's time at least for a tease. But will they show it? It's is it time mm. to show it or is it not time yet? Oh, I think they'll show parts of it because, I mean, you know, Sony have announced some of what the next generation console is going to be and what it's going to have in a sense. So, and all that Microsoft have kind of announced really is that it's called Scarlet (laughs) and that's it. So I feel like they're going to be announcing some things towards it. I also feel like they're going to kind of announce more of the X Cloud in it as well. I think that's going to involve a lot of it. Uh, I think really as a final trailer, they're really going to just kind of maybe show some tech demos or or maybe not tech demos, but maybe how a user can interact with the Scarlet console in the future. I think that'd be a good trailer to have. And then it just says coming 2020, perhaps, or or tune in for next event about this in the fall. You know, I think that could happen. Uh, but I don't think we're going to be announcing like the controllers or the price points or anything just yet. <laughs> I think I just want to get out of this um, generation on a high, really. Yeah, um, you know, I th- I think I have to agree with you, especially with their new uh, in- influx of of studios working for them for for first party releases. I I wonder what like when when those studios were brought on, uh, 
what do you think they were told? Do you think they were told to immediately start working on the next generation of, of console games so it could have a so the next console could have like a strong launch and they could all launch like a bunch of things at once? Or do you think they were just said that they, they, they were just told, um, no, just just go ahead, make some Xbox One games. Xbox One is what <laughs> out, what's out right now. Um, you know what? I think it's a bit of both because, I mean, realistically, the studios, they weren't just sitting around like just playing like air hockey, just going, we've got nothing to do. Oh, we've been bought by Microsoft. We may as well get going on some making some games. I think they were just, you know, they were looking to, you know, they were still creating some games. But I think when they got bought, they then got exclusivity to just work on the Xbox platform. So I feel like some game companies that they were bought, they are already, you know, uh, finishing up an Xbox One game from themselves and also planning the next game as well. Maybe that's in pre-production now or an early alpha state. I, I could see that happening. And especially because they've been bought, you know, they'll have direct access to the um, early dev kits. So they'll have a bit of a head start on other, one, on other game studios. So I think a bit of both, to be honest there. I mean, there's no harm in them kind of like releasing like a final Xbox One game from themselves in the fall and then fully ramping up... Um, a next generation game for next year. I can see that happening. Yeah, I I could see. Yeah, I I, I could see any combination of those things happening. It, it's really a, a big question mark uh, for me right mm. now. I think Microsoft's conference is the part of E3 that I am the most excited to uh, to to see what happens. I'm, I'm the most curious about. Mm. Um, <sighs> I. Th- I personally expect n- not to see Scarlet in any way that would imply it soon. I think we could see Scarlet. I think we could see part of it. Um, yeah. At, in that part, at least being like announcements for 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 games that might come out near launch of, of that console or uh, some general spec stuff. But uh, it it does feel like next year is the year that they'll really blow the lid off that and maybe launch fall 2020 i could see that yeah yeah absolutely um, yeah I it, it, it just it just makes me um it just makes me wonder like how they're they're pacing themselves because i feel mm. like if if i was if i was mr microsoft if i was king microsoft yeah. and everything i'd touch turned to soft um <laughs> I would hear that Sony d- dipped out and I would say, oh my God, okay, we need to put all of the money we possibly can into this show now. Th- like yeah. this, this E3 is going to be our biggest E3 ever. Yeah. Um, and it, it will be our biggest for like the foreseeable future as well. So next year won't even be as big. Yeah. Um, and if that's true, maybe, maybe they would accelerate the, the marketing plan for Scarlet and just kind of, start showing it off it's because it's not like the xbox one is selling incredibly well right now Mm. um we don't have sales numbers uh because microsoft has stopped giving those out for hardware sales Mm. but it is assumed that the switch and the ps4 are overtaking hardware sales um of, of the xbox one by a considerable margin and uh Maybe maybe it's not even worth their time to stay in this generation. So maybe it's it, they just need to get to Scarlet faster. Um, the, the the risk with with that, of course, would be that 
whichever company between Sony and Microsoft announces their next their next console first, the yeah. other company reacts to it because it happened last uh, last time where the Xbox One had an announcement and it was met with tepid response and all of the issues that people had with it were things that Sony addressed directly in their their speech about the P, uh, the PS4. And that is yeah. part of why the PS4 overtook the Xbox One, even though the Xbox sold better in the previous generation. Um, yeah, true. So it, it, if Microsoft jumps the gun too much, maybe they give up that potential advantage over Sony. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. Really, they 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 got a lot of opportunity here, and I mean, of course, like we say, they've got at least five games to announce. So you know, I think there's a lot of (laughs) 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 at least. So I think there's a lot of opportunity there, Uh, and and I feel like yeah, there's a lot of surprises they could just kind of you know bring out you know punch after punch and just show exactly what they're working on, who's working on what any surprise announcements and then a hint towards Scarlet next year all wrapped into an E3 conference. And it's one that hopefully, well, they're hoping that people will be talking about for months to come. So yeah, I think there's a lot to, uh, to expect from this conference from Microsoft. Yeah, definitely. Very exciting. I'm, I'm super psyched to see at least three games <laughs> at, at that show. Absolutely. Um, hopefully so. Final. Final, final, final company, uh, Nintendo. This is this is, of course, you know the the one the that one. is uh, for, for for all of my um, very very stringent and strict attempts to not be completely biased on this show. It's obviously <laughs> the one that's near and dear to my heart. Um, yep, and and childhood the most, um, just because any any IP that I played as a kid could potentially be brought back by Nintendo at any given time it's been known to happen so mm. um, the big the okay so there's there's two big games that people are expecting to maybe dominate e3 and uh, of those two big games big games one of those was just given reason to um, assume that it actually won't be that big so let me explain uh, Pokemon sword and shield probably mm. Nintendo's biggest game of the year um yeah. in in terms of sales in terms of uh media attention etc it will have its own direct on the wednesday of the week before e3 as of recording that'll be three days from now as of yeah. you listening maybe tomorrow but hopefully two days from now um mm. So, because of that direct, I think it's safe to assume that Sword and Shield's presence in their E3 presentation will be minimal. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, I, I, in retrospect, that is always what I should have expected. Um, the Pokemon company doesn't really do E3 the same way other companies do. They show up. They're, mm. they're definitely present. They, they have a, a small trailer or tease of something in the E3 presentation, but they usually do big reveals on their own in their own time. Mm. Um, so that this is keeping in line with that. Uh, the other big, big game of the year is animal crossing. Yeah. Absolutely. We've heard nothing about animal crossing except that it exists since it was first announced in September of last year. Mm. And when it was announced in September of last year, we didn't see any gameplay. We didn't even really get like a gist of the game. We didn't even get a title. Um, so 
that game is almost a non-entity in, in, in terms of, like, trying to guess anything specific about it. Yeah, um, absolutely. But it is very exciting. that it's, it's still an Animal Crossing game. It's still the first Animal Crossing game we've had in six or seven years, I think. Um, mm. And I'm, I'm very excited about it. I love that franchise. Mm. Um, I feel like it might be delayed. I think it might be delayed out of this year. Right. Oh, okay. How come? Well, it it's kind of a gut thing, but most of it is just that uh, the only reason we thought it was this year is because they said it was this year back in September, and it's been so long since then with no update whatsoever. Um, another big thing is that in the last few years, the last uh, three consecutive years, actually, Nintendo has had a theme to their uh at least their booth if not their presentation as a whole mm. where it's based on one specific game or product that they're they're uh going to be talking about 2016 was breath of the wild where literally the only game they brought at all was breath of the wild and it still <laughs> worked out so that is the power of breath of the wild it was it was still yeah. a great e3 even though it was just a game um 17, uh, they, they brought other games again, but the major focus was definitely on Mario Odyssey. Yeah. And 18, again, other games as well, but the major focus, and especially in the presentation itself, the major focus was by far um, just on Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And this yeah. year, we're, we're like, we're edging up to the actual day that it happens. We're very close. It's within two weeks. It's within one and a half weeks, I think. Mm. And we have not heard anything uh, uh, about a uh, theme or anything from Nintendo that would guide us into predicting a focus on one specific game, which is dangerous for them to do because now we expect everything. <laughs> that because they didn't say you know you know it, it'll be really big for smash bros just don't expect much for anything else because they didn't say that now i expect f-zero and earthbound and <laughs> and a new 3d mario and a new 3d zelda and everything uh no not really but um it it, it is a bold thing for them not to declare a theme so so uh so soon to the event and because the theme isn't Animal Crossing, right. I have to assume that Animal Crossing's part in this will still be kind of small. And because of that, I have to assume it might not have made this year. It might be early next year or so. That's interesting. I mean, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but when Smash Brothers got announced last year, I think it was like the January Direct with that trailer. I mean... I think there was no information. March. Yeah. Oh, okay. March. Wasn't there like no information between March and D three? And then as soon as the EFI conference happens, we we saw the the dates of when it was being released, the the name of the game, all the characters with Smash Brothers Ultimate. And I'm sure like before that E three, we had nothing of Smash Brothers Ultimate. It was just a lot of rumors, really. And I think Animal Crossing is going to be the same, actually. Well, it's not going to be, I don't think, as long as, as Smash Brothers had on the E3 conference bit. But I think we're going to have a lot more. And I think definitely similar. Unless I'm totally wrong and I dreamt this, man. But, um, yeah. <laughs> um, unless it's going to go the same way. Uh, you're, you're not wrong. What we had for Smash Brothers was uh, in the March Direct. It was just like a, a really short thing at the end of the Direct. Just a tease, really. Mm. Um, it looked like a Splatoon trailer, but then it turned out to be a Smash trailer. So from that, we knew 
that the Inklings were in the game from yeah. Splatoon. Um, and looking back, there's some hints in that trailer uh, as as to parts of the game that ended up becoming true. Like uh, the the theme song to the, to the game is actually like buried underneath the audio in that trailer uh, wow. and, and stuff like that. It, it's it's fascinating, but. Yeah, you're you're right in that we didn't know specific information, but we did know when that information would come. Um, We we heard Nintendo saying over and over again on the way to E3 last year, yeah, uh, we can't talk about Smash at all right now, but get ready for it at this year's E3. And then when they announced their E3 plans, they specifically brought attention to the fact that uh, they had a Nintendo Direct with a focus on Super Smash Bros., like that that was known in advance um, uh, okay so comparatively this year nothing like that is known in advance they've technically have not even said if animal crossing will or will not show up of course it right. will i think it will in some capacity of course there's no way it's not it's just not going to be there but um it there, there's nothing really indicating that it's a a, ma- a major player but there's also just a lot of other first-party Nintendo games that are coming out right now yeah. uh, that that could just be diluting that idea. Uh, so Mario Maker 2 comes out very, very soon, within the month. Yes. Uh, because it comes out within the month and it just had a direct of its own, I kind of expect it not to have a very big E3 presence. Uh, yeah. But a game that will have another big E3 presence is Fire Emblem Three Houses, which comes out the month after astral chain which comes out the month after that uh sword and shield again they're gonna have their big blowout before it but they'll still be there in some capacity uh animal crossing of course luigi's mansion 3 um we could potentially see what retro's working on i doubt it um we could potentially see bayonetta 3 come up Mm. again as well there's so many things that could happen yeah Oh, there's loads. There's yeah, this and is that's that, only <laughs> that's only first parties. Yeah, there is a lot that I could see um, occurring on this. I mean, for instance, Mario Maker Two. I mean, when that direct happened a couple of weeks ago, there was a little space for an extra game play of um, different graphics that could be happening because they announced, you know, three um, D World for this one, and I'm hoping that they're going to announce another one of like kind of like maybe a Game Boy way of it in Mario Maker Two, so you can like make you know levels in Game Boy form instead. Which I think would be really Ooh, I'd nice to it. have. Yeah, I'd love yeah. A, a Mario Land too. Yeah, that'd be amazing format. to have as a level. Yeah, absolutely, that'd be great. Uh, I mean, Metroid Prime Trilogy was something that was really announced heavily rumored in January. You know, everyone was saying, "Oh, it's coming soon. It's coming very soon." Then we heard nothing. So I think that could possibly be be announced as well in the direct. And that's a long time coming. Amazing to play Metroid Prime on the Switch. Uh, a biggie for me uh, is actually the online service. So last year we got the NES Online uh, library. I would love them to announce the SNES games coming to that now as well. Oh, that's you know, such I... a good point. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, that would that would be a great opportunity for them to. Yeah, I think it's you know, time make now. the online service worth anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That'd be amazing to have it last. Yeah, as, as important and often fun as those NES games are, it's. It, it, it they seem much more like historical relics in this day yeah. and age than anything that a good amount of people are going going to have an extended period of time playing and having fun with 
but those the Super Nintendo games, I th- I think they hold up. I feel like the Super Nintendo yeah. is kind of the first modern system in terms of like the same kinds of games we're getting now. Yeah, um, you you can have like a long form Mario game or Zelda game that doesn't completely confound you on, on that mm. system. Um, yeah, yeah. For and a while. Count- um, oh, I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Um, I, I was just going to say it's not going to cannibalize sales of a SNES Mini either. It's been two years since its release, so I think it's definitely time that you know Nintendo are going to benefit from all the sales of SNES games um, on this service now. So I think there's a lot of opportunity there too. I, I yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, there was an article I, I think about often that I think Polygon ran mm. um, near the beginning of the Wii U's life cycle. Where yeah. they they basically said right now the killer app for the Wii U is Super Metroid, and yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's kind of a slam, kind of a dunk on the Wii U, but also <laughs> completely true. Um, mm. Su- Super Metroid and later when Earthbound was finally ported, Earthbound um, were some of the best selling Wii U games, including things like <laughs> Mario Kart. Uh, I mean Mario Kart yeah. sold more. But like it's yeah. up there in the top ten or so, yeah. Th- yeah. Throughout that that console's life cycle, and uh, for for the Switch just to not have avenues for playing uh, very beloved old games like that is mm. is a bit of a bummer. Uh, now mm. now we you know we have we have Mario three, which I think is the closest the NES gets to that mm. Super Nintendo sort of vibe. Yeah, like, I agree. Zelda 1 and 2 and Mario 2 and 3 uh those four games I think are are pretty close to like a Super Nintendo vibe but then Super Nintendo has so much more so so much bigger uh <laughs> yeah. so yeah I, I, you're right dude I I hadn't been considering that but that would be that would be totally the right um the right direction now there is one aspect of E3 that admittedly is probably being over focused on uh like hyper focused on com- compared to the actual weight of what it is which is not much which is the mm. fire pass for super smash brothers now i'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm of course also very um i'm very guilty of making a big deal about this i'm always thinking about what characters can be <laughs> in the next smash brothers um I I'd like to hear your predictions. I think we talked about this last time you were on the show as well. I think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is um, what, I, what I was talking about earlier about um, bringing certain topics back. So I think the deal with Ubisoft with Rabbids and that, I could see Rayman appearing in Smash Brothers. I think that could work really well. So Rayman as a fighter's pass would be great. Uh, I've kind of forgotten like how many there are in this fighter's pass. Is it four? Is it five? So there, there's five total, but we already have Joker. So there's four more. Right. Four more. Okay. All right. Okay. So, I'm, not that four. I expect to see four of them at this E3. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I can. To be honest, I can see two being announced for. Yeah, E3. I feel the same. I, I, I feel there might be um, one that's announced and comes out the same day, or like by the end of the yeah. week, and then another yeah, that's, that's announced, and then just, just it's just announced four later at some point. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Absolutely. Yeah. So I can see Rayman appearing. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, as a long shot, I could see Goku from Dragon Ball appearing. I think that could work well. Uh, 
I also feel like another Sonic character could appear. I think it's probably time to maybe bring in Knuckles or maybe even like Robotnik just because I think that would be really great to kind of have his own, you know, like machines from different zones of for past Sonic games as like final smashes in different like B moves. That'd be really great to have. Uh, another one. Ooh, this is a difficult one. It's always it's always the last one that, that people struggle on and I'm included. Uh <laughs> Let's see. I mean, I mean, I've been playing a lot about Crystal Crisis, so I mean, maybe even like say, um, like from Binding of Isaac, perhaps, or oh, this is. Difficult. I thought you were going to say quote from uh, Cave Story. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that could work. And I mean, even after, oh, I just thought of it, and it totally separated from my mind. Oh, what is that character? It is In Crystal uh... Crisis. No, it's you know e- even just Crash Bandicoot for no reason at all. <laughs> I could see that happening. Just throwing wumpers all around the stage, that'd be a great thing to have. Yeah, so it would be Crash, it would be Knuckles, it would be uh, Goku, and then the final one would be Rayman. Yeah, that's my pick. Well, I've got some bad news vis-a-vis Goku. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sakurai did an interview recently, or, uh, no, I'm sorry, it wasn't an interview. I think it, he, he's a writer. He, he writes a lot of books. Um, in, in one of his recent books, he detailed his experience, um, working on Super Smash Brothers Ultimate and interpreting the data received from the fighter, uh, ballots. Remember when everyone was voting on characters to appear in DLC mm. for Smash 4. And he said... Um, there is an understandable large amount of support for characters like Iron Man and Goku, singling those two out specifically. Um, but characters that aren't origin uh, that don't originate from video games probably yeah. can't possibly happen in Smash Bros. In his own words, so pro- they they can't happen, unfortunately. Um, it would be a weird thing to say that, and then also just do Goku anyway. <laughs> um yeah (laughs) yeah um so i don't expect goku uh some of those other ones i i've thought rayman for the longest time i thought he was just such a good fit um Mm. and then they made him a a spirit in the game you you can collect him as a spirit um which is cool but kind of implies to me that if they had any plans for dlc for him he wouldn't be a spirit. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I hope I, I hope he is. Uh, my biggest hope is, as always, Banjo-Kazooie. This is the one place I actually could see Banjo-Kazooie potentially appearing this year. Um, mm. That's I. That's where I would hope to see it. Um, my, my, my hypothesis for what's going to happen this uh, E3, and this is... I'm really just kind of going with what a lot of the internet is feeling right now is yeah. that um, Banjo-Kazooie and Erdrick from Dragon Quest could okay. both be announced this E3. Maybe Erdrick from Dragon Quest is the one that is announced and released now. And then Banjo-Kazooie is the one that is released a little bit later. Um for no particular reason, <laughs> I'm guessing that. But uh, uh, Erdrick from Dragon Quest is um, a really big character in Japan. A, a very, very large 
a larger than life character of, of huge importance that um i kind of i've heard people say that a lot and i before yeah. i i looked into it i kind of assumed like yeah you know people in america say a lot of things are big in japan without really <laughs> knowing what's going on over there um sure. but it turns out no that one's that one's completely true people know erdrick by name and uh he's a he's a very popular character mm. um it could could be erdrick I, I could see it happening and it would be a great way to bring in some um akira toriyama art style without being able to bring in dragon ball you could do some dragon quest maybe get that uh need satiated with some toriyama art style uh, yeah. i think crash bandicoot is a pretty good guess too though uh you're you might be right on the money with that one um i could just mm. see it happening yeah especially with crash team racing coming out just a few weeks after mm-hmm. i think that'd be a good way yeah yeah, outside of Banjo and Erdrick, that I, I which I expect for this E three, I I don't know who the other two would be. So you know, might as well be Banjo. Maybe Banjo and um, <laughs> people are thinking someone from Undertale. I think that would be kind of fun. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's Nintendo's press conference. Unless there's anything <laughs> else uh, you can think of to talk about for that. Oh, to be honest, man, there's so much for Nintendo that I'm yeah. I'm hoping. I mean, like, for instance, I mean, Link's Awakening is a game oh, that yeah. I'm really <laughs> looking forward to, you know? <laughs> and uh, I feel like there's a multiplayer mode that they could announce for it, like a Four Swords um, successor coming to Link's oh, Awakening, because okay. that would be perfect for the Switch. And I think to bring that in, into the Direct would be a great thing to have and just, and then, you know, announce the release date for that. I think that'd be a, just a home run. You know, there's some parody there with A Link to the Past because the original Four Swords was first um, released as an alternate mode in the Game Boy remake of A Link to the Past. So mm, yeah. now that Link's Awakening is getting remade, it maybe there it would be somewhat poetic to have another Four Swords included with that game as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's let's see. You know what? Um, I think the big surprise in this E3 for Nintendo, they're, they're, it's going to be the last thing they show. At the very mm. end of the presentation, you're just going to get a very short snippet, like a little tease of the sequel to Breath of the Wild. Um, all right. Okay. It, won't be, it won't be time to release it. It won't be time to talk about it in any major way at all. It'll be a next year game. But I think right. you might just start hearing about it maybe they they show a title or if if not a title uh just some like abstract representation of something that's special about that game um just really quick for like literally 30 seconds or less at the end of their presentation okay that's that's my off the wall prediction that's interesting so do you think like a full-blown sequel or maybe something like similar to how majora's mask was to ocarina of time uh, you know, it could be. I, I, I don't know the exact um, way they would go about doing it, but I, I think it would at least definitely be within the same uh, gameplay style as Breath of the Wild, like Majora's Mask was in the same gameplay style as, as uh, Ocarina of Time. They said okay. that they began... Uh, well, they, they said that they at least had begun development on the sequel 
in December of 2017 after they had finished the DLC for Breath of the Wild. And I, I think they had begun it actually some time between then and when the game was originally released. D- DLC might have been done concurrently with the sequel. And mm. um, e- even at the latest possible um, guesstimate of how many years this game has been in development... It's almost two. It's almost two full years in development. And if it's using the same engine as Breath of the Wild, the same like physics system and all that, um, you know, it could potentially come out faster than we've expected Zelda games to come out in the past. So yeah, I would yeah. I would be excited to see that. Yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah. I didn't actually think of that to be honest. Yeah, that's a really good shout. Yeah, that'd be yeah, it'd be great to see that. Yeah. Oh, one 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 more thing I forgot. Um that Legend of Zelda Necrodancer uh, combo, that that uh, crossover, that uh, Cadence oh, yes. of Hyrule, it's supposed yes. to come out this month. I'm thinking yeah. because it's a digital title, because it, it's it's a smaller title, it's possible that it might be announced or the the release date just dropped at E3. It just comes out the day of E3. That'd yeah, be a really, yeah, that's a um, good shout. A really cool one. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be really good to see. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that game. Actually, <laughs> that, that yeah, looks me really too. good. Yeah, I, uh, I admittedly did not play the first one, but I uh, the the first Necro Dancer, I mean. But I'm mm. you know a sucker for Zelda, and this it it looks like a really fun gameplay style. So I, I'd love to check it out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Me too. Yeah, it's going to be a good E3, I reckon. Especially with Nintendo, I'm looking forward to it. I I completely agree. Um, well, that's been our show. Thank you so much for stopping by, Daryl. I, I know we went a little longer than uh, you probably expected. I, I apologize for that. No, it's fine. But it's been, uh, yeah, it's no been great. I, I love talking about E3. Uh, it's just so exciting. <laughs> yeah, same. No, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's been good to just kind of um, just say about the hopes for E3, really. And I hope a lot of it comes true, namely Nintendo. So, <laughs> we'll Yeah, see. I, 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 hope, I hope it all comes true, too. Um, and more I if you hope it comes true tell us specifically why and what you hope comes true at podcast at superjumpmagazine.com the email address again is podcast at superjumpmagazine.com let's head into our after school activities this is the part of the show where we give you a little bit of uh, homework uh, a, a little something to check out between episodes of the podcast. So I, I'll, I'll go first. Um, my my big recommendation this week is a podcast by the name of It Makes a Sound. It is a narrative podcast. It's uh, done in nine episodes across four and a half hours. So um, not not a huge time investment as far as podcasts go, but it's got a succinct beginning, middle, and end that you can check out. Um, it, it tells the story of a woman named Deirdre who finds a very rare recording of early music by a favorite uh, musician of hers by the name of Wim Faros. And Wim Faros uh, is, is a very enigmatic figure in, in the fiction of this podcast. And uh, you find out more about Wim Ferros and Deirdre as she goes through this recording and, and listens to um, old old songs of Wim's. And I, I found it just incredibly moving. A very, very wow. special story. Um, there, I don't want to spoil anything, but there is an aspect of the story 
that is very near and dear to my heart. Uh, so I, I can't recommend it enough. Again, it's called It Makes a Sound. It's available wherever... Uh, well, wherever you found this podcast, I'm sure you can find It Makes a Sound there as well. Daryl, uh, what would you like to submit to our listeners for an after-school activity? You know what? I love a chat we had about Smash Bros. It actually kind of reminded me of something I was doing last week. So the new update had the stage builder um, mode that came out and i've just make been making so many random stages <laughs> and it's just been crazy and i think the challenge that i think would be fun to see and maybe even submit it to the um email you mentioned earlier the best kind of like pinball machine level that you can have that kind of closely resembles casino night zone in sonic 3 dylan i love smash this. stage so, daryl sorry i, I <laughs> have i called you dylan more than once in this podcast because i did i don't mean to I... <laughs> it's, it's fine <laughs> i think it's last time but i take it as a compliment oh my God. it's fine <laughs> yeah you, you have a y in your name and for some reason i just see that like oh i know how to say that <laughs> <laughs> no it's all good man but yeah if you just make a casino night zone style stage in smash brothers in the stage builder take a screenshot send it to that email and you know and i'd love to see like just the best made kind of stages from that stage builder because it is possible i tried it last week and it works a treat so yeah get on that ah i'm so embarrassed i called you dylan um (laughs) (laughs) more than once probably um well daryl uh, <laughs> if uh, if the listeners were, uh, were were happy to hear you again on this podcast, as they absolutely should be, have been happy to hear you because you're a joy to have, uh, where can they find you? So I'm mainly on Twitter on uh, Daryl Baxter, so just spelt uh, not Dylan but D A R Y L Daryl and uh, Daryl Baxter, and mm-hmm. I got a podcast um, called Power Keys, which I mentioned before, where I interview a guest about. Um, their favorite game and boss stage comes out every week uh, so you can find that on all the podcast apps so yeah that's going well and yeah that's pretty much it to be honest fantastic yeah i i definitely uh recommend checking out um boss keys or uh, sorry palkies as as, uh, as well it's a it's a great show um you, you do a really good job uh interviewing all of your guests and you've done such a good job of just securing so many different guests for that show. It's been uh, pretty pretty inspiring to see just another Thank episode you. with a new person pretty regularly. It's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Definitely an aim to um, get some more guests on there and just see how it all goes. Yeah, been enjoying it so far. Great. Well, the theme song to this podcast has been the song Jerome. It's by Jamitar. Go check out Jamitar. He's a good musician. And please remember to subscribe uh, to this podcast, review us on iTunes, tell a friend if you can. We grow mostly through word of mouth, so that's always appreciated. And remember, thank you for listening. Stay super! (laughs)